0: Anderson County Dog Park downtown Woolworth is falling. The Anderson County Farmer's Market is blooming and Jeremy Pickens tells us why he should be sheriff, all of this and more on the May 6, 2016 edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. As always, the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible by Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill and Sullivan's at Brookstone. Sullivan's at Brookstone, Anderson's best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday and lunch on Wednesday through Sunday. That's right. You can have Sullivan's lunch on Sunday at Brookstone. Check them out. Uh, Sullivan's at Brookstone or Sullivan'sBrookstone.com. And, of course, the mothership is Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill downtown. Bill Nickerson's wife, Sabre, came and took a chance on downtown 20 years ago when nobody wanted to do it and helped really kick off the renaissance revitalization of downtown Anderson. And it's the best food anywhere. They're one of the top two restaurants in the state, and they're always recognized as one of the top restaurants in the country. They've been featured in the Wall Street Journal, culinary magazines, many times in Southern Living. But they were one of only two restaurants in South Carolina chosen uh, as as, as top restaurants, top 100 restaurants in the United States, so get down and give Sullivan's a try and tell them you heard about it right here on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. It has been another great week in Anderson, and boy, what weather. It's more like uh, October the last few days than May. Uh, who doesn't love fall weather? I sure have enjoyed it, but I expect this is the, uh, suspect this is the end of our cool evening, so I'm getting ready for another long, hot summer in the South. If you've been downtown, you may have noticed the Woolworth Building is almost gone. In spurts and flurries of activity, the tractor and the demolition team have brought down that old structure, uh, really structures. It was more than one building, and there's a little bit left to go, and they're salvaging as they go, picking at every little piece of metal or anything valuable. They said they hope to finish today on Friday, but as I'm recording this, uh, about 4 p.m., the tractors are sitting silently on the property. I just drove through downtown But once Woolworth is down, it'll take at least a week or so, maybe longer than that, to clear the lot completely before they begin the destruction of the the old Bales building. Or at least that's what I was told by one of the supervisors that was working on the project. Stay tuned here, and we'll let you know either here or on the Anderson Observer newspaper as soon as you know anything else. Anderson County Fair has been a real winner this year, despite they had a little bit of rain early, but crowds have been good, reviews have been really good, Everybody I've talked to who went out there has had a really good time. I've seen a lot of social media reviews, people who went out and really enjoyed it this year. Uh, there's still time to get out before it closes late on Sunday, so love to hear from you if you, if you get out there this, this year and check it out. Uh, in other news, pause. the Anderson County Animal Shelter has lifted the restrictions on adoption after the Parvo scare a couple of weeks ago. They're starting also starting up the $10 adoptions for all adult animals beginning Monday, and that price does include everything, the spay-neutering, the chipping, everything. So if you're looking for an adult pet uh, that's over one year old, it is a great time to get out in there. A lot of those dogs are the best dogs anyway. They're trained, many of them, and they're just they're looking for owners. Uh, speaking of dogs, the new Anderson County Dog Park plans were released today. And the current plan is to put the park downtown near the Anderson County Library. Um, The boundaries will be in that block there of North Manning Street, East or east It's not really East Society Street. It's just Society Street, which is one of my favorite streets in Anderson. I just love the name Society Street if you've driven up that street. It's even funnier. The irony is so thick. And North Fant Street. It'll give you some idea of where it's going to be located. There's a map in today's Anderson Reserve newspaper, News from People You Trust. So if you want to see that, you can go check it out there. Um, this is something that will get a lot of use and be one of one more arrow in the quality of life, economic development, recruitment quiver we have now. Uh, it, it is one of those things that a lot of people move from other areas looking for a dog park. No date, uh, at least firm date set yet. Stay tuned. I hope to uh, talk to the folks that are they're doing that before next week, and we'll have something about it uh, in the, both the newspaper, the Anderson Observer, and back on the podcast next, week's, next week. Uh, politics continue to heat, heat up as well. The primaries are now less than six weeks away. I did go to the Senate District 3 debate sponsored by the Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce Thursday. It was very civil and interesting. Uh, Incumbent Kevin Bryant and challenger Carol Burdett were in general agreement about a number of things about serving their constituents, but they did have different views on how that would work. Um, Bryant talked about his uh, time in Senate and keeping taxes down and both keeping Medicaid out. And Bryant and um, Burdett talked about her working with Municipality Association and helping get the interstate expanded all the way down to exit 19 and a number of things like that. Uh, that that video will be up on YouTube uh, at the Anderson Observer. So if you want to check take a look at the entire event, it, it is there for you to take a look at. But uh, we'll be talking to a lot of the other uh, candidates. Hope to have everybody on before the primary right here on the Anderson Observer podcast uh, so stay tuned here. But those two are both. I'm hoping to have both of them on. I talked to them at the event, and we're planning to have them both on. They do have some other debate scheduled. But right now, the most heated race probably in terms of public visibility is a sheriff's race. If you've driven around town, you've seen the signs, the billboards, the yard signs, the corner signs, the pictures, whatever. Uh, of course, last week I interviewed Ch- Chad McBride, who's, who's running for the, this office, and you heard the interview with him. And this week I sat down with Jeremy Pickens, who is now also seeking this, uh, this office, and he told me why he's running for sheriff. I am talking to Anderson County Sheriff candidate, Jeremy Pickens, and good morning. Good morning. Uh, tell us a little bit about
1: who you are, Jeremy, and, and where you're from. And... Well, um, my name's Jeremy Pickens, and actually I'm one of the candidates for sheriff. Um, I was born and raised here in Anderson County. Went to Anderson schools, graduated from Westside, and uh, have been here all my life. I got in public safety at a young age when I was uh, 13, 14 years old. Started an Explorer post with the fire department and uh, thought the fire service would be my career path. Um, stayed as an explorer, as a volunteer um, with several departments throughout the county, and uh, ended up in law enforcement. So, tell me a little about your law enforcement career, would you? Um, I started with Anderson City um, in 2007. I stayed there until 2010, uh, where I went to Highway Patrol. I was a state trooper for about six years, and I left there to start my campaign. I know when I started it. Um, met, I worked at Medshore for a little while. I've worked all three aspects of public safety, fire, EMS, and, and law enforcement. So i worked at Medshore for a, a short stint. I've always been there for, for about 10 years, but I went back there, and then the city police department was nice enough to allow me to come back, so I'm I'm back at the city right now. All right, here's a question I'm asking everybody: why in the world would you want to be sheriff? Um, it's something that, that I've debated for for a long time and as as things have progressed and I've talked to, to friends in law enforcement friends at the sheriff's office and hear all the gripes and the complaining and I see the crime rate and the, the different things happening in this county and, and even some personal experiences. I, I I just think it's time for a change of leadership within the sheriff's office to to better our county as a whole. So what do you think are the biggest challenges facing the next year? Some of the biggest challenges that that I think has uh, to be worked on. Um, there's a challenge that we need a new jail. Um, that's a big challenge. I think it's been a challenge for years. So I think getting the relationship uh, built, the rapport built, um, the trust built with council and and uh, other working parts of our county government to uh, for someone to see that through. Um, Because the feds are going to come in and tell us to do it or we don't do it. If we don't do it, they're going to do it. And they're going to send us a bill. Exactly. And that's going to be at the expense of the taxpayers. So I think doing it on our time and the way we think it needs to be done versus the way they want it done for us, I think, is an important decision for someone to make. Um, Working on uh, hiring and retention is a huge issue for our next sheriff. Um, I don't think they've so much had an issue hiring. Right now, but retention has been a huge issue. So um, having not just me, if I'm elected a sheriff, but having a staff that's willing to work alongside me to build morale within the department, to give these guys a reason to want to stay, to get along beside them and work with them and let them see that, hey, we're we're a part of this just like you are. We're not uh, above you. Yeah, we're, we would be supervision in the agency, but we, we put on our pants just like you do. And so building that rapport with, with whoever the lowest guy is on the totem pole, knowing guys by their name. I've had so many people tell me, Sheriff don't even know my name. You know, I've worked for him for years. Um, so building those type of relationship, th- those type things are, are, are going to be m- my concerns and issues. Um, and actually reducing crime. Um, that's that's the, the whole purpose of the Sheriff's Office. Um, there's a list we've made it. Um, We've been reported number one in the state, number 13 in the nation for burglaries. We've made the list, I think, number 76, 77, somewhere in that range in the nation for uh, most violent cities. And, you know, back when I was a kid, before, you looked at um, cities in towns like New York and Los Angeles and all these big towns, and you think that's those are the cities that make that list. And here it is, 2016, and we've joined them. So I, I think that's something that we've got to make an effort to get. Our name off of those type lists and, and take care of our citizens. a lot of people think one of the keys to that is Homeland
0: Park. I mean, uh, depending on which statistics you look at, some people say half, some people say eighty percent of the crime has its origins, in that. and that's a pretty big area. But what what could you do about Homeland Park? I mean, I, I know I went, I rode around there the other day, and. I was looking at houses that obviously had meth explosions. That They just put metal back up over the side of the house and keep cooking. You can smell it down there at night if you drive through. Several people. I'm working on a big story on it. It's the reason I'm kind of interested in this.
1: What, what can be done about Homeland Park? Um, I think Homeland Park, to, to some extent, has been misconstrued. Um, I've been... I was a part of the fire department down there. I grew, I grew up down off of Airline Road. And they've done a
0: good job down there. They, they've and been the,
1: the keystone of that community. Home the park, park, fire department has been a a, a rock for that community. Yep. It has, and um, don't get me wrong. There's 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 bad people down there, but there's a lot of good people down Certainly there. Certainly, a lot are. of great people down there. And there's a lot of your your older community down there. That, that's where they grew up at, and they just refused to leave. Um, those are the ones that are want something done because they, exactly. they're watching their neighborhood slide, and they are. And I think a lot of, a, a big problem of Homeland Park is not so much that there's just a whole lot more of it down there. I think in, in any aspect of anything, you've got your smart people and you've got your dumb people. Um, you know you've got your smart deputies, your dumb deputies, you've got your smart reporters, your dumb reporters. I think it's, in Homeland Park, a problem down there is you've got a lot of your dumb criminals and they're easy to catch and that's a place where i think um the sheriff's office focuses because it's 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 easy to catch it's it's like you know catching fish in a barrel that kind of thing whereas when you go to other places that are experiencing really the same kind of crime it's just harder to catch people because they, they they i guess they kind of play their crime stuff smart um they're a little bit more on the edge, I guess, about what they do, maybe a little bit more sneaky, where kind of Homeland Park is kind of just out-in-your-face kind of thing, for, uh, per se. So I, I wouldn't say there's, like I said, there's a lot of it down there, don't get me wrong, but there are so many other areas in our county working the county as a state trooper, they're experiencing the exact same problems. Like I said, you, you go, you know, one place, you got a million-dollar house, and two streets down, you got, you know, uh, just a trashed-out trailer park with this type of activity in it. So I think it's it's properly allocating resources to handle the problems and and, um, not just focusing on Homeland Park. Like I said, it's an issue that needs to be addressed. Don't get me wrong. But I think we can make the same kind of arrest if you go up to Town Hall, if you go up to Pelzer, if you go to Williamston, if you go to any of these towns, you can have the same kind of outcome as far as producing drug arrest and that kind of things. So I think it's just... We've got to focus proactively on on a lot of things and build relationships with other departments, other agencies that can assist us. Because it, as you look at it now, um, road patrol, they're only able to do so much as far as it goes to proactive policing. So they're doing more reactive policing right now than anything. And so the only division that's doing a whole lot of proactive work is the catch team. And the catch team, I think right now there's only five of those guys plus a supervisor. So when you think about the size of Anderson County, there's only so much they can do to uh, hit the areas that need to be hit, and I know they're they're constantly getting pulled for dog and pony shows and details and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it's something we're, we're definitely going to have to sit down with, with some other group of groups of people, other agencies, and and see if we can get some of the chiefs on board with maybe coming up with some type of task force that we can rotate throughout the county um, to focus on these type of things.
0: We're talking about working with other, how important it, is it in those areas to get those structures down that we know are the problem? I mean, you know, the county has so much money to go in and demolish
1: these crack houses. It, it, it's, and- a, it's important, and I know it's a costly uh, process. I've been able to sit through several community meetings with the city, and that's been a, a big topic with the city um, because you have... You know, like like we said earlier, these older people who've lived in areas their whole life and people abandon houses and then they grow up and then in come the drug users and the squatters and all that kind of stuff. And it really and ruins some it, lords too. Yes, yes. And it really it ruins a community. Um so I think taking that money and stretching it as far as we can to to do away with as many of these abandoned buildings and, and that kind of thing is key to cleaning up these communities because that's where these people go to hang out. That's where they go to do their, their, their criminal activities and that type of stuff. So that, that's very important.
0: Yeah, I think they've, they said they cut it down if the county does it to 5,000 and if the feds are involved, you have all of the 7,800 or something. Yes, so, talking about working with other agencies, um, one of the things a lot of people are talking about is, you know, we both have the sheriff and a solicitor. How important is that relationship? Because I know coming from the city, the magistrates have done a better job the, of not bundling crimes together. I mean, they—they—they. They, they, there's if you—if there's a criminal, uh, I mean, if there's it's not criminal anymore. I should quit saying that. If there's domestic violence, it's always criminal. Yes, sir. Uh, there's a certain fine, and there's a certain things. They don't just throw all those charges together and let them out in three days. That's been happening in the county a lot, and a lot of it's been not a lot of communication between for for whatever the, the reason between the. Solicitor's Office
1: and Sheriff's Office. Yes, How important is that relationship going to be for you? It's very important. And it, like I said, it first goes back to the Sheriff's Office to retaining guys. You've got to retain people. We're keeping a lot of green law enforcement officers, and not just in Sheriff's Office, it's in law enforcement across the county. So we're seeing what needs to be done to retain people. Um, so training your guys to where, for one, they're not making bad cases. Because a lot of it, I would blame on the solicitor's office. Um, there's a portion of it that goes back to um, officers making bad cases, um, officers not putting together good case files to send to the solicitor's office. So the solicitor's office is not having what they need to prosecute cases properly. Um, so we got to take care of our end first. And after we get our end taken care of, then we can go to work on building relationships with the solicitor's office, um, seeing exactly what they want out of us um, in order to give them a case that they can prosecute with. And I can't say with no problems. You're always going to run into to, to some, something um, with defense attorneys and, and that type of thing. But what can we do to make the best case possible for you to prosecute? So um, having them come in to train us, having us to go over to to train them and what, what it is that we do. Um, you know, there's been a, a couple solicitors in the past, assistant solicitors, really, that at times have come out to crime scenes to see, you know, what's going on and have that firsthand knowledge of what actually is occurring on scene. I think that's important to the prosecutorial process. Um, but building those relationships is important. Like I said, I've, I've spent some time speaking with all three of the candidates that are running for the office of solicitor, and um, that's relationships that we've got to start building now, even before we know who's going to be elected. Um, so it's, it's very vital to have that, that we don't go into this button heads, that we go into this with that open door and letting each other know that, hey, no matter who's elected, we're willing to work with you. We, we want this. It's, it's not about the sheriff and the solicitor. It's about the best outcome for our victims, and that, that's, that's what our job is.
0: Given some of the things in your background, uh, Anderson County has one of the top – emergency services departments in the country. People come from all over the view here. You know, when the state had the flooding, they called us, and we went down and helped spearhead all those efforts. We had people down there for weeks, not vacating, but staying in tents and handing out water. Do you see emergency services, because uh, there's always this dis- discussion about whether it belongs under administrator or it was belonging under the sheriff's department. Where do you see that relationship
1: going with, with that? that? Um, I think it has its place either or. Um, it I wouldn't be hurt if it went back under the county administrator, and I wouldn't be hurt if it stayed under the sheriff's office. Um, Naturally, the the ultimate goal of the sheriff's office is to prevent crime, but with it falling under the sheriff's office, it's your duty. It's just like, like I said, the ultimate goal of the sheriff's office is to prevent crime, but the dispatch center falls under the sheriff's office. So you can't ignore the dispatch center. You can't ignore the jail. The jail doesn't prevent crime. It's a place we put people who have committed crime, but um, you can't ignore the jail because it doesn't have anything to do with crime fighting. So just like that, I think you can't ignore that division. It has to be, you have to give it 100%, just like anything else that falls under the sheriff's office. And that's, that's my goal, if I'm elected sheriff, is that's got to be given 100%. percent we got to have uh, people who are knowledgeable about that line of work in those leadership roles. Um, and I think it's important, like I said, it wouldn't be my primary focus, but I think having a background in all three aspects of public safety um, would, would assist me and assisting whoever is is ultimately over that division um, to to do what's in the best interests of our county because that agency doesn't just serve Anderson County. Um, they went to Columbia with all the flooding. They went, they, they traveled the state, um, and I, I'm sure there could be times they go get pulled outside of the state. So it, it's it's kind of like our bomb squad. Um, that's something, you know, We the bomb squad serves the upstate. So it's something that it falls under the agency and it's something that we have to take care of and we have to make sure that we're doing the best job at it that we can do. So.
0: Yeah, the, the idea is preparedness and not just reacting to emergencies. Because some of people have said, well, other counties don't have as big a department, but all they do is sit around and wait for something to happen. Exactly. Uh, and and that, uh, we,
1: we do a lot, Anderson County's emergency service division, they do a lot of training. They do a lot of awareness throughout the community. Um, and that's important, like I said, being proactive instead of reactive is should be the mission of the sheriff's office and I think that's a big part of the problem of the agency as a whole right now is we are we're almost a hundred percent reactive agency, and like I said, our county is paying for it dearly because of that we're like i said we're not keeping and maintaining what we need to be proactive and and we're paying for it and the same thing will happen with our emergency service division if we come if we become one of those reactive. Um, agencies as it relates to emergency services, we're going to get caught with our pants down when we have, you know, a flood here in our county or, you know, a hurricane or whatever it is we might experience. If, if we're not on top of things, we're, we're going to get caught with our pants down. We're a huge county. We are. And um, and you, you've driven it as a trooper and, you know,
0: I mean, what would be your goals in terms of getting more um, officers just... Out patrolling because it's almost we're almost 800
1: square miles. This is a gigantic county. To be we doing. are. My goals for that is um, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the region concept. I would go back to the the school zones, which would only allow for one more zone. I understand that, but you have to um, you have to place the officers based on on call volume. And, and I'm not saying that all officers would end up in in district five because that's not the case, but you have, they have to be strategically placed. And right now, I think um, usually there's two per region, sometimes three if they get lucky, um, which is, is unacceptable. Um, so it goes back to getting a, a staff, the road division, fully staffed, keeping it staffed, and um, so these guys can get out here and work. They want to work. Like I said, but it, it, right now it's, it's just like they're glorified secretaries. They they ride around taking reports all day, all day, and and it's part of the job. It is, but it's not all of it. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be fifty percent of it. Like I said, our, the bulk of our time should be getting out here preventing and not responding to. So, um, getting guys properly allocated to where we can we can work to reduce our calls for service, um, because you know you. you Constantly hear the sheriff talking about how many calls for service we responded to. Well, if we get the manpower out here to proactively proactively police, our calls for service will go down. Because there's less people out here breaking into stuff and, and that type of stuff. And it's only a ham. the bad part about it is only a handful of people that's out here doing these crimes. But they're so staying busy, aren't they? They're staying busy. They are. <laughs> they are. But I mean, you'd think it's half the county with, with the way we're responding to crimes right now. So when we get these people locked up, and it goes back to those relationships with the solicitor's office, and make sure these people are charged with what they need to be charged with and that they're prosecuted. Um, so we can get them jailed. And um, once we get this under control, I think th- there'll be a whole lot less calls for service, and we can get out here and proactively police instead of reactively policing and reduce reduce that, that call volume.
0: Talking about relationships, you, you've been on both sides of the fence. Uh, what's the relationship between
1: city police, the troopers, and the county deputies? There, there's for the most part, I would say there's a good relationship. Of course, there's always room for growth, always room to, to build. I think in a lot of cases, across the county as a whole, that we, we duplicate some services, and I think, just like um, the, the narcotics division, the city and county, they, they work together, and I think there's some other places that we can um, we can join forces to make to provide a better services for everyone in the county. So, uh, as I alluded to earlier, making a task force where, um, and I know the small town departments can't dedicate a guy full time to this, but maybe, you know, a day a week where they can dedicate a guy to a a task force where we can get out here and and just do proactive patrols, hardcore getting out here, you know, locking up people that need to be locked up and making a difference. I'm a firm believer that presence is a reduction in crime. It's going to happen. I mean, People don't have Facebook pages to, to let you know, you know, where checkpoints are set up and where the police are sitting for no reason. They do it because it deters crime. If I let you know that the police are there, you're not going to bring your crime to that area. So if we have, my goal is to, to sit down with the chiefs across the county and, and see, hey, can you dedicate a guy to this mission for our county? You know, and it ain't just going to be the county. We'll go into the towns and to the cities and work as well. But when you when you have a strong showing of guys coming out in full force, um, it's going to make a difference. It's going to slow crime down It's and, and to a point to where eventually it's going to stop. And we're going to put a lot of folks in jail that need to be there. So I know several months back, um, I actually talked about it on Facebook on my campaign page. And lo and behold... A couple weeks later, the sheriff's office was doing it. Um, They were out working Townville really hard. They had investigations out. They had the catch team out. They had administration out, and they had those guys doubled up in cars, and they were hitting areas hard, and they put a lot of folks in jail. And people see that, and that's what these people want to see. Like I said, we have all these other positions that some of them we need, some of them we don't, but it all boils down to patrol. That's what the people feel like they're paying for is patrol. And that's what they want to see. They want to see guys out here working the streets. And, you know, you can have, you know, 50 investigators and 50 narcotics officers and all that stuff, but people don't see them. And they may be working their tails off, but people don't see it. And they're going to say, there ain't no police out here working. And those guys, like I said, they may be working hard, but if they don't see them, they don't believe it. So we've got to be out here. We've got to be seen. Presence is the tears. And I, I don't second guess that for a minute.
0: What else have I not asked you that people need to know about you, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and
1: your your run right um, here? I think it's important that people know that, that I'm 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 very serious about this. Um, that I tell people my age doesn't define me. Um, like I said, I got into public safety at a young age. I started working when I was sixteen. Um, when I was sixteen, I paid for my first car. I was one of ten kids. There was nothing given to me. I worked for everything I had. Um, Right after I graduated, my mom co-signed with me to buy a two-year-old car. Um, Here we are 11 years later. It's the car I still drive today. Um, I'm not wasteful in my own spending. I'm not going to do it with county money. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was 20, I signed and had my house built on my own. I co-signed. I I mean, I signed by myself, no co-signer. No inheritance money, no nothing. It was me working, saving. And and that's what I'm about. I said, public safety has been my life since I was 14 years old. And um, I'm dedicated to it. I've, I've took that a step further. I don't think just because of my education it makes me qualify, but I've supplemented my experience with education. I did my um, associates at Tri-County in criminal justice, um, my undergrad at Anderson University in criminal justice, and I have a master's in criminal justice and public administration through Liberty University. So I think um, education combined with experience, um, like I said, in all three aspects of public safety, I think gives me a, a solid foundation for, for what I'm looking for towards. Um, some people have talked about my not having supervisory experience, um, in, inside of law enforcement. Uh, I don't think myself or, or Mr. McBride actually supervised in law enforcement, but, um, I tell people, uh, leadership is not something that's given through a title. It's something either you have it or you don't. Um, I can, I can. if I'm elected sheriff, I can go in and appoint who I want to as a chief deputy, as a captain, as whoever. Um, but if they're not leaders, um, me giving them those titles aren't going to make them a leader. And I am a leader. And I think that's important um, for our county. Um, I still enjoy law enforcement. I still enjoy getting out here working. And I tell people I'm not at the age or the mentality to where I'm ready to sit behind a desk all day, every day. I know there's administrative decisions um, things to do in the role of sheriff, um, but there's time to put on a uniform and get out here and, and get beside you guys and, and let them see your guys see in the county see that you're still willing to get out here and do this job. So, um, like I said, I'm just I'm I'm ready to get through this these next six weeks. Um, it's been a long road, it's been tiring, um, but it's been fun. It's it's been nice to get out here and, and meet folks and and hear people's concerns for this county. Um, But we've got six weeks left. Like I said, I'm I'm ready for it one way or the other. And um, I just ask people to get out and vote on June the 14th. Get out and vote.
0: Well, I appreciate you talking to the Anderson Observer podcast here. We are News From People You Trust, and wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Next week I will have my interview with incumbent Anderson County Sheriff John Skipper, who will talk about his bid for re-election and what he sees as the priorities for the county. So check us out next week right here on the Anderson Observer podcast to to hear the interview with uh, Anderson County Sheriff John Skipper about the upcoming election and what he's got going on. All three of these candidates are currently holding a series of debates. Uh, Two of the bigger ones are are set for the same day, strangely enough, June 2nd, when they will start the day with a debate at a breakfast sponsored by the Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce at 730 a.m., at Tucker's, And then later the same day, they'll square off at Tri-County Tech for yet another debate. So they've got a busy time ahead. All of those, those gentlemen are working jobs and trying to find out how difficult it is to work and campaign. So uh, we wish all three of them the best as they, they do that. And I hope people will get out and, and hear what they have to say. And listen to the interviews here. These are the three longest interviews I think you'll hear from any of them. Like, again, Chad McBride was last week. You just heard Jeremy Pickens. And next week will be Anderson County Sheriff John Skipper talking about the elect- upcoming election. Now the chamber's done a fine job of putting all the candidates out there in front of the public this election season. They started with the the, the, the breakfast the, they call it Toast and Topics. It's the debate between candidates for the the Senate seat left vacant by the late uh, Billy O'Dell, and they've they've done a number since then. And I mentioned the, the the Bryant Burdett one they just had, and they've got the one upcoming with the sheriff's. And I, I did talk to uh, Anderson County, um, I mean Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce CEO. Pamela Christopher, who's now been on the job for about 18 months, about all the things that are going on at the chamber and how she sort of evaluates her first 18 months here in Anderson. I'm talking to Pam Christopher at the Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce, and we just finished the breakfast uh, toast and topics with uh, Kevin Bryant and Carol Burdett running for South Carolina Senate seat three. Had a really good crowd right. for that. We did. I've done a number of candidates so far. Uh, we did the, the, one, the runoff for... You know, the, the Senate seat left by Billy O'Dell, we did that one. Of course, right. you got the sheriff's one coming up in, in June, June mm-hmm. which is faster than you think. Right. Absolutely. Less than a month away now.
2: Absolutely.
0: And, and by the time people hear this, I guess this will be up tomorrow, so your golf tournament will be underway tomorrow. So.
2: Oh, you bet. What else is
0: going on with the chamber?
2: Oh, gosh, tons of things. You know, we're doing things with our young professionals. We had a young young uh, professional Bash cook off uh, or kickoff, rather, at eMERGE at the garage, and um, you know, have really good participation in that for the first time. Now, explain uh, what that is it's bringing our young professionals together so that they can have a place to meet and gather and you know, have talks and discussions on things that are important to them, but also just have a place where they can come together to kind of explore things they want to do for the community. Now, what's so, a
0: young professional? What <clears throat> would considered a young
2: professional? Um, actually, we're saying 20, it's, a lot of people say 21 to 40. We're saying 21 to (laughs) (laughs) 40-ish. So those that, you know, still want to be active, you're in your 40s, can come and be active. But, of course, we realize you do need to put some kind of a cap because, you know, it gives them an opportunity to talk with people in in their age group. But, you know, I realize when we sit down and we talk with them, our future is really bright. And it's a nice way for that group to be expanded with our business community, too. And when I say that, let me explain. We've got the 21 to 40-ish group that are coming and, and looking at what they want to do for the future, <clears throat> both with their business, maybe with them professionally, but also for our community. And they are very very philanthropic, too. I think some people think they aren't, but they are. And, um, you know, they're all giving back in so many ways in our community anyway, so it's nice to bring them together so they can have that You know, the kind of nucleus to be able to to talk about things going on and maybe put their minds together on some things. But um, then we're also, from that group, they'll be able to be mentors to, like, juniors and seniors in high school for our what we call emerging young professionals. I know you and I talked about that before. The nice thing in this booklet, though, we'll have, um, we're going to put together a book of everybody that's in the young professionals group. You know, their name, their title, what company they're with. Um, and then their hobbies, and we have the business community that is very excited about this program, too, because we'll also, we'll go places with them, places maybe they can't get their, you know, foot in, like when Blackley opens their new facility or, you know, the rooftop at Blackley or Emerge, you know, not everybody's been to Emerge, so trying to take them places they haven't been to see what those facilities, those organizations, and and to have nice, nice places to hold events, But we also will be going to the business community to do tours of their industries and do things so that, you know, like we said, they can gather together and explore the things they want to do, but also know everything that's available. And I think that's going to be really important, not just for our young professionals, but those emerging young professionals, to get them engaged in what there is to see and do and what their work, their career aspirations might be here So we don't lose them. Um, So, but the 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 business professionals have said that are you know my age and older that are uh, want to be mentors. They're gonna they're willing to be mentors. We have several that said yes, I'll do that. So we're gonna get pictures of them also in this booklet with their name, their title, the company they're with, and their hobbies. So we can match up. Uh, And we're not gonna match them up. We're gonna let the YP's and the mentors you know, them see what, you know, what's the best connection for be them. Or, yeah, because, piece. you know, that may be somebody that aspires to be a banker and they may want to go talk with our banker or, you know, some of our superintendents or, you know, maybe in on the police force or, you know, a mayor or, you know, an elected position. So, um, CPA, a lawyer. So, we're going to have it across all spectrums so people can have someone to mentor them. I mean, we all had mentors when we came through. So, I think that's a, an awesome program. And, um, we want to take them to the Anderson Night at Greenville Drive <clears throat> because that is where we go for to watch um, baseball, right? And um, to have them be able to be focused on there the great things our young professionals are doing and our Leadership Anderson class. So um, nice way to tout them and the things. So that what they're else doing. is coming up? Um, <clears throat> yeah, the golf outing will be fun um, that we're doing, and then we have our um, event coming up that's for the women's brunch that we do at the Blackley. And I want to say that's next, it's either next Thursday or next Friday. I have to look at my calendar. I should have grabbed a calendar before I came in with you. Um, but we could probably have your iPod, your podcast on, uh, linked to ours, yeah, right, to our, our calendar. The, yeah. And, um, but, you know, we have, uh, you know, we're trying to get speakers, uh, um, people that are VP level or, um, you know, senior levels, uh, women, to talk to the other women And that's what that brunch is going to be, about talking about their successes, where they've been, you know, how they got to the place they were, um, things that were important to them along the way. I think that continues to cultivate that leadership and the growth for our business women. Men can come to that, too. And I'd love to focus on maybe some of the men, too, and the men that are, you know, helping women do achievements, but also doing great things in their business. It doesn't have to just be about women, but it's a nice way that we can convene women in the community to kind of do things and move things forward. Um, so, you know, we've got that coming up too, but boy, this week it's been like one thing after another, right? We had our leadership Anderson class. I was in yesterday. We had the toast and topics today and I love that because you know, I'm not a thumb twiddler. We talked about that (laughs) and then we'll have our golf outing tomorrow and that's the way that we can really thank our members, have a good time with them. Um, you know, everybody likes a, even if you're not a great golfer, you know, bad game on the golf course. Is, is nice to be out in the beautiful sun and enjoying that with your friends and your peers, right? So, Well,
0: in yeah. election year, too, it's going to keep it busier. I mean, y'all have done a lot. Of, like, so we've done a number of those and got one. The sheriff, one's going to be a big race, too, and that's coming yes, up in June. Yes, in
2: June. And so. then, you know, um, for those that don't know, we have several committees for people to get involved. So if you want to be about planning just what we were talking about, all those events, we have a business development group that helps plan that. You know, we just had a, a seminar, too, on... Um, you know, what you can do for, um, you know, Medicaid and Medicare kind of things, and um, we had someone come and, and give us a presentation on that from the insurance community on um, the changes and how that impacts, you know, because many of us are, you know, baby boomers or Gen Xers, and we're faced with we may be having to care for our family, our mm-hmm. parents, and that's, you know, something we need to look at. what can we do, you know, how can we protect them, what are the differences with insurance, and and so, you know, we've been trying to look at, Helping from our youngest person, like our, you know, our young children coming through um, school system and that. And then also, you know, the YPs and then my age group and then older, you know, our seniors too. And that's really what it's about. We really should be here for everyone and helping everyone kind of excel and have that knowledge they need and education on things that are going on in the community. So I'm excited about it lot's going on. So,
0: okay. Now you've been here like a year and a half now, right? Mm-hmm. So what, how, are, what's big picture looking like? Are chambers growing?
2: It is. Um, Chambers growing. We're doing great things. Um, we can always grow more. Um, you know, I think, uh, just like, I, I know I've heard that several of our nonprofits to so think about our nonprofits out there, I'll give a shout out to them. Um, you know, they're having some struggles this year, yep. you know, some people are, you know, maybe some businesses are, are looking at ways they need to cut back or whatever, fine tune things. And, you know, they may not be getting funded at the levels they've been funded before. The chamber is also, we're a nonprofit where we're 501C6, where they're a C3. And, um, you know, I would just love to have, because I, I, I hear it from the community that they see, you know, that we're really active, we're engaged, we're really trying to help people, but we'd love to have more people active here. Um, you know, we're we're starting to look at some numbers. There was a big membership drive that was done right before I got here. Um, under um, past leadership, and, you know, some of those people, they they encourage people to join um, that were volunteers in that group, and they may have been in Columbia or whatever, and they may have supplied their business or whatever, so they're going to do it because I'm John Smith, you know, and you did work for me, so they're going to do it as right. a nicety for that person. But then after that drive's over, they sometimes don't renew the next year. So I we're see. looking at that, and so I'll be wrong, members now? honest with that. We, we're right around 850. You know, we were a little higher than that um, before, so... Um, you know trying to get our numbers back up and you know we're getting in new members which is great but then we were losing some of the ones from that member drive that are out of town or sure. you know they don't come to our events so they can't be as engaged sure. but I, saw, I was excited today because that room was packed and I had a lot of people come up and say when I was there greeting You I know, mean, I love that's just me I love <laughs> greeting people when they come in the door I had a couple say oh I'm sorry I haven't haven't been coming. And I said, no, I'm glad you're here. Anytime you can come, come on. We'd love to have you. You know, get back engaged. Come on with us. And I saw a smile on their face because I, I don't want everybody to, anybody to think when you come to our events, I'm like, yeah, where have you been? I'm not that. Mm. <laughs> I'm not your dad like, what time did you get in? <laughs> where have you been? It's about time. <laughs> right? But um, no, but we just, we you know, I understand everybody's got business and, you know, they got things and people, things calling them. And they have to take care of their employees. But, you know, we want to be there for them, so I'm hoping that we'll get you know, increase participation at our events and increase membership. But if there's something, as I know, I love I love listening to your podcast. So those that you are out there that are listening, we're an inclusive organization. We're there for everyone. Um, you know, whether you're a retired pro- um, professional, you're an individual that would like to join, you don't have a business, or you know, um, you know, you're a small mom and pop shop, or you're a large community, or you're a church, any nonprofit. You know, we support all of you, and I think you saw we're we're willing to stand toe to toe and fight for our business community and for our members on issues that are important to them. How about, but you know, singularly, it might be hard for many them many to do. International companies involved. Do you, uh, know? I, you know, we do, and we're continuing to work on that matter. of fact, I you just know,
0: Anderson has the most international investment in the state. We've got 23 nations and 50 companies from around the world here. And
2: you know, actually, I just pulled. We have 60. We so have 60. It's gone up. Um, so I just went and pulled a list. That's very uh, interesting. You know it, too, and I'm glad because a lot of people don't realize what an international influence we had. And I think the stronghold about that, and we're looking probably um, to go in that route, you know, because we need to be working at what we can do to support all of our businesses, and on the international front, trying to work with them um, on their businesses. And uh, that's one of the things I did with my first job uh, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, at the chamber there. I was in charge of our international committee and work with our international businesses, so I know the things we did so we can easily implement that here. Um, And then the nice thing is we're working with Anderson. I'm on Anderson's Sister Cities board, Mm -hmm. too. So I'm working with them on what we can do to... um, to bring about, you know, maybe bringing some things together, some things we want to do, but they can and we can incorporate that together. So maybe do a reception for those businesses and that. So um, maybe pull in the city, the county, Anderson Sister Cities Board and do a nice um, reception for them. So, and you know, all the people that come in that Anderson Sister Cities Board, you know, you got city, county. Everybody's really involved with that, um, United Way, uh, school teachers, um, it's really, uh, you know, all other nonprofits, it's really nice to see everybody engaged with that, trying to say, hey, how can we bring about and make sure that we're, we're taking care of everybody. Um, so if anybody's about that, that's that's what I want to be involved in, too. All right,
0: second half of the year is almost here. What uh-huh. you got planned for the last half of this year? What's...
2: Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll be continuing to engage. We've just gone through. Uh, we'll, we'll be working on where we are on our um, meeting, our goals and objectives, and we're doing really well in that area. Um, we'll continue to be working with Anderson Area Business and Education Alliance uh, to work with them. We're rolling out. That's one of the things we're working on, a website for them right now. Um, let me step back. The Chamber's website should be up uh, by the end of May. So we we will have a new face uh, with that because we need to always kind of be, mm-hmm. you know, fine-tuning that. And then we're working on a website for Anderson Area Business and Education Alliance, and that's all of the business, um, all the, excuse me, the school systems, and then um, the chamber. We have different people from business community there, too, working in that group. But, you know, trying to focus on what there is going on. A lot of, you know, so we can put some focus on what the school systems are doing, what the Anderson Career Technology Center and Anderson 5 is doing. Also, what your pennies at work are doing, maybe some video messages in there from the superintendent so uh, people can get a little bit more engaged, you know, because I might not have time to go to the school, but, you know, I might be able to pull up and see what's going on and on mm-hmm. the weekends. So we want to be uh, helping them with, with doing that as well. So that's a, a big push out for us as well. Um, and then, you know, we're just, we're working on the business summit that'll be towards the end of the year. We're also working on June. We've got the um, the small business and pillar uh, of, of leadership um, kind of in the community um, for small businesses in our business community so that'll be going on in June um, we've just selected those winners can't tell you who they are but that'll uh, really be a nice event but I think it's when we can focus on our people that are doing great things because it is about our people I think that's the, that's our greatest resource so we can focus on our businesses and the great things they're doing And how they're taking it to the next level. And, uh, you know, we've got Tim Hayden that's going to be speaking on that from Sergeant Metal. We talked about that this morning, too. Um, You know, and he's done great things with that business. You know, he's taken it from his uh, father and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's family business and moved that up. And, wow, the things he's doing there and how he's putting people at work and uh, what he stands for. And just strong integrity and just a really good, good man. Um, so I'm excited to hear him deliver a message on what they're doing and what's important to them, what they, you know, they're basing their foundation on. And uh, I know, but I can't wait for him to tell that story. Um, so he's awesome. He's very motivational. So he'll, he'll be that June speaker. And then we'll be working, like I said, on the business summit towards the end of the month and, and shrimp and grits, you know, we're in the midst of, there's so many things. So when you're talking to me, I'm saying, gosh, there's so much going on. What should I focus on? And shrimp and grits and our business expo will, um, gain momentum business expo will be in October. So we're working on that, too, uh, trying to get the word out. You'll probably see us do some more uh, push-outs on uh, people that are engaged and having pictures and, you know, a different media kind of thing on our members and focusing that out um, because I think it's important for people to know who our members are. You, know, you see names, but let's see some faces because, you know, that to me, it brings a, a total picture to it, you know, and you see the personal side of it, and I yeah. love that. Um, I love it when you can have interaction with people. So. You know, we'll be seeing a lot more of that. Um, I think another thing you'll—I want to work on—is Greg Shore came and spoke uh, to—I like—we met him. He's my my
1: cousin. For
0: real? Our grandmother, our grandmothers were sisters.
2: He's awesome, but I love him. But uh, he—you know—I already knew the great things he's doing. He was our pillar of uh, Anderson uh, Award winner last year, and he does great things. I Already had such respect for him. I um, didn't—you know—I'm new, so I didn't realize he was also the coroner. Um, So he came and spoke to our leadership Anderson group yesterday, and he was talking about um, the deaths that he sees and what, you know, they go back to. And, you know, we realize there's, you know, homeless and that that's, you know, in our community. And, you know, he was talking about the um, substance abuse, though, like people that are, you know, addicted, have an addiction. And we're really, you know, we need to be focused on things we can do if we could ever get to that point. And he really liked people working on that and um We've well, yeah, been some working on that; he's
0: now college for like forty years. So I mean, it's really and this the problem is, you know, it's, it's cute. You, I can, I could drive you through Homeland Park and probably show you in ten minutes fifty houses that have had meth explosions and they've really? just put sheet metal up.
2: I want you to do that. I want to do that. It's, it's wanna do that. Yeah. Take also, me. I want to go do that. I will. It's rough. we we'll do do windshield tour, So whenever you have time, I, I want to do that. It's tough. Yeah, I know. But I want to be, I mean, that's who I am. And I know you know that. You and I have had that talk. And I can just sense it. When we're <laughs> sitting beside each other, I feel that uh, synergy. But, you know, I want to do what I can to make a difference. And when he was talking about that and saying, you know, you want to see a lot of action and, you know, people really getting behind what we can do. But, you know. Just like you heard some people citing today, you know, the chamber got behind when building the library. You know, we were just pulling records because our leadership class is getting ready to do a history app, and different people were in our class, and Marie Peace came up to me, and she said, Pam, I just was pulling stuff on Anderson University. Do you know that the chamber had a committee that really was the start of Anderson University? I'm like, what? She said... The first paperwork we can see that it was in, I think as she said, 1904, and the chamber started in 1903, uh, That the chamber, uh, a committee, got together and said, we need to have a college here. So they did things to meet, to form, how can we start an Ander, you know, a college, and we'll call it Anderson College, and now it's Anderson University. It kind of came out of the old women's seminary, they kind of... But isn't that yeah. neat? So, you know, uh, and... But, so that's, I love that. But, you know, and then you heard about, like, the widening on 85 and the lightning on, lighting on 85. And there have been great things that chamber leadership, um, staff, and board. The board is a huge part of the head, obviously. obviously. Um, that leadership, and we've had strong leadership going forward to make a difference in things. And why can't we make a difference there? Just like I talked with you, like, I see a big difference in trying to make a, a change in a child's life so then... They can go to the school and go to the technical career and they have an opportunity to break that cycle, right. you know, and they can get out of a certain, you know, socioeconomic area to move themselves up and their families up and break that cycle. Well, we can do the same thing with people that have addictions, but, um, and I love what he said of, you know, why aren't we trying to build a facility like that as opposed to bigger gels, larger gels, you know, trying to help those people out of that, and I mean, because, it's like a great like I said, You need yeah. to work
0: into the sheriff's forum about how do you deal with simple possession versus you know more serious uh, because we've got jails full of simple possession, particularly simple possession of you know pot and stuff and weed right. and stuff that a lot of those people are just down on their luck and not <laughs> don't right. need to be locked up well,
2: to, and quite frankly, you and I both know it if someone doesn't have a lot of money, yeah. then they they're they're depressed. A lot of it is mental issues, and we talked about that yesterday yeah. too. Mental issues, so they, they don't have money to go to the doctor to deal with those mental issues, so then they turn to alcohol or drugs sometimes. Like and when that. they do that, then it puts them in a place where they didn't have money already, so mm-hmm. then they're in a bad, and then it turns to crime. Mm-hmm. So he's right. If we can work on that and work on the things like helping students see real, realization of you know, future career aspirations for them that help them get out of that. That economic class that they're in, and and, you know, move forward and and break that cycle and help those that have those addictions. Mm -hmm. The things we could do, it would be a different Anderson. (laughs) Not
0: enough resources at all. That's unfortunate. Right. Uh, uh, But you know, know, maybe there's
2: things that we can do to sit down. If we keep, it's kind of like, like on the roses trying to get to. You. If we keep saying, well, well, and we put things off, it's never going to get better. Right. Yeah, You can't band-aid things. You have to eventually fix it. Right. And I I love what he said, and I said, you know, hey, I don't want to be just a let's talk about it. I want to take action too, so... Maybe we can pull some people together and say, "What can we do? What can we do more?" And you know, bring some practitioners in. You know, people you know that are in you know helping people with mental illnesses, and you know, people that help people with drug yeah, say, What can we of, do? Uh,
0: the bulk of volunteers. they would be a really good panel to pull together. You know, Greg's dad was a photographer here forever too, so he may. I did
2: not know yeah, that. I've been
0: meaning to sit down and talk to him about Shorty's pictures. Y'all, y'all are history.
2: holding out on me. See, I'm new, so I don't know I everybody. I have,
0: to, after, 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 I, have to, I have to ask the right question. There we'll catch go. up on some of this other stuff later. Just remind people again, if, if, what can, how can the chamber help people in this community? If somebody says, well, what, what can a chamber do for me? I mean,
2: you know, first of all, we need to, to kind of know your story to know how we can help you. You know, I've had people come in and say, you know, I'm struggling with business or I need to build my business more, and then we can make, help them make connections. Um, and when I say that, they can come to our events, they can come to Movers and Shakers, they can meet other people. Those people really are utilizing each other's business. And our membership strives to do that, too. Um, but when they come and they tell me, Hey, I'm really trying to, you know, get in the door here, you know, I need to explore how I can do this. I may have connections that I can open up them meeting that person, or they need assistance from this company. And I've had someone go, what are you doing? Hold on. Let me, let me make a call. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at me like, cause you know, just takes a call, but you know, we can do that because the chamber is the largest business organization. We have those CEOs that are either currently on our board or been on our board. We have that connection. We can try to help open doors for them. Um, That's what we want to be. I mean, you know, I just try to treat people the way I'd want to be treated. And if I was a business and I had a struggle and it may be, you know, different things They may be trying to get through some red tape or they need to, you know, know what they've got to do on licensing and permitting or, you know, so it really depends on from business to business, but, you know, I have an open-door policy, and I know you know that. Whether if I'm in a meeting and the door's shutting right now and we're talking through, I can't meet with them. But, you know, if they'll sit, if I can, I don't have a meeting right afterwards, I'll meet with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and just wait on me like five or ten minutes or whatever. But, um, you know, if I'm out of the office, that's one thing. But then if I am, then just make an appointment with me. I'm, I'm really accessible. And whether you're a member or not, I'm going to meet with you and what see what I can do to just help you. citizens
0: who may be looking for a business they can trust. Maybe you guys can vet them and you can yeah. call you and say, hey, you know, because, I mean, if somebody cheats somebody, then comes and say, hey, one of your people.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah, absolutely, and there is the um, Better Business Bureau that, that tracks that. We don't track that, but, you know, we can definitely help our businesses or help them get off the ground. You know, um, I'm not the one. I guess that's why I'm not the membership salesperson. I can, I, if someone tells me they're going to struggle with their business or you know, they're having a hard time putting food on the table or you know they're going to have to let an employee go if they join my chamber, I'm not going to press you. I'm gonna, I, but I'm still here to help everybody. Mm-hmm. That's who I am and that's who we should be. Um, you know, Because people will realize what we're doing and when they see that we really do care and we're making a difference and we're trying to involve them, then I think that they will join them when they now, see it. Is,
0: now the new website maybe, the current website is really hard to figure out. I know. It's awful. So the new website but until then, Facebook, probably the best place to get uh, Facebook
2: and then call us. You know, so if call you have us, questions
0: about anything. You know, because
2: you know you, you've got some smiling faces here at the chamber that will answer the phone and help you on what you need so yeah I give a call but you know like you just said we've got some real big issues coming up you want to see a question I can't it's sure I'm going to ask every question because there's a time limit on our candidate forums but if there's something important you want me to ask send it to me you know the sheriff's coming up. We've done the senate races, so can't now because behind that. Can but we start
0: the sheriff one a little earlier with three people? That's going to be.
2: Well, you know, we did it actually with four. Right. What four people for the for, senate race? There were supposed to be five, and one yeah, couldn't come, so we were four. Yeah. Right, right,
0: right. So we, we, we started did, that okay. a little early, didn't we? We, we kind of started at Yeah, right and, and until uh, yeah, eight.
2: and I probably will see if she can't. You know, start. You know, like today, I, to I think we were at like people. eight. We only ten. had two
0: today, but yeah, we was yeah. okay with two. But, but I'll
2: tell you, that room was packed, and it was trying to do the line. So I'm going to talk with Tucker's about. Putting it somewhere where people can yeah. go on both sides Get the food of it. up a little
0: quicker so people yeah. can get that Get it out up and way. then
2: have it where it's accessible on both sides. Because you've you know?
0: got three fairly chatty guys with the sheriffs. Right. And, right. Uh, I had, I matter of fact, I had Chad McBride on last week. I had Jeremy on this week and the sheriffs on next week on the podcast. So.
2: Well, the nice thing with that is when we time it, then they have to stick within right. those time things. So then we can ask questions. But, um, you That's know. It's June
0: 2nd, right?
2: Yes. Okay. So, you know, send your questions then to me. Um you know, you can email them in. You can come by and bring them in. You can mail them in. Uh, and like I said, I can't assure I'm going to ask every question that you guys have, but I do look through what we have and try to pick the, you know, have somebody look at it with me, and we try to pick the ones. Actually, I've been doing it myself th- up till now, but if we get a bunch of in, then I may have mm-hmm. some people sit with me and say, which ones do you think are the best ones for my committee? But th- we do that where I just know them because that way we, we are sure right. no one's getting access to them. All right.
0: Phone number? Someone?
2: Sure. Give us a call at the chamber. Uh, we're 32 <laughs> two, excuse me. Two two six three four fifty four. Two two six three four five four at the chamber, um, or you can go to our website andersonscchamber.com. If you are trying to email me, Facebook.
0: They're on Facebook. Yeah, too.
2: yeah. You can go to Facebook, uh, Anderson at SC Chamber, and then if you want to email me, I know it's long. I didn't pick it. Sorry, but it's P Christopher, and then the at sign Anderson SC chamber.com for South Carolina Chamber but and at least she's Anderson finally getting SC my Chamber. email I don't know what happened there but it is yeah, I know now. Well, but now yeah, you, like you were like you didn't get my I was like what I don't have anything so yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you and I are connecting but um, you know we want to be out there to help people right. even if you have an idea or something you know you want to run by let us know even if I'm not even if I'm not here Talk to one of my staff. I know Michael would meet with you Gaila, um, Gala, uh, you know, uh, any of a Monica, right. the front desk with too. And if you tell even the front desk, they're going to let me know that you, you have a concern and I, that you want to talk to me. So let us know. That's what we're here for. We're here to serve you guys. It is your Chamber of Commerce. Upstairs whether you're at a remember, the Sun trust, right. across from the old Sears. Second you floor. There, yeah. That's right. Just when you come in, elevators right on the left, take it up to the second floor, and that's our chamber. Um, but it is your Chamber of Commerce, whether you're a member or not. So we're here to serve you. Let me serve you and tell me what I can do to help you. Well, good. Well, we'll catch up again in summertime see what's I love going. it.
0: The Chamber's really accomplished a lot under Pam's leadership over the last 18 months, and we appreciate all she does for Anderson. And uh, you can give her a call. You can look them up on Facebook. It's the easiest way, and they'll show you their new website that's coming and all those kind of things. That's the Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce. Well, summer is almost here, and that means at least one more thing that people forget. It's time to summarize your car. And by that, I don't mean a brief paragraph telling us about your car. I mean to make your car ready for summer. I talked to my old friend, Ron Ingram at Campbell Ingram, who offered just a few quick t- tips on keeping your car in shape and staying cool for this summer and for vacation time. My old buddy, Ron Ingram at Campbell Ingram, 903 South Main Street. That's 225... 7391. 7391. going to talk about getting your car ready because it's getting hot now. And I guess everybody's discovering their air conditioner doesn't work. Is that the first thing people discover when it gets warm?
3: Yeah, I can't imagine them needing cold air on a 100-degree day, can you?
0: Well, you can't. Yeah, Ron loves the heat. He doesn't need air conditioning in his car. He has it removed when
3: he. <laughs> yeah, you're su- probably surprised. That Did I you turn got, your air on? I've got shorts. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't like the I humidity. I don't like uncomfortable. I got you. I got you. But I'd much rather have uh, 90 than uh, 60. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. the, yeah, this
3: hot weather, Greg, is uh, several things that we need to think about. First of all, um, if your air conditioning on your car is working properly, that's a good indication that your cooling fan and your cooling system is operating properly. If you don't have air, then you need to have your cooling system checked separately because you don't have any indications as to whether it's doing all right or not. Uh, you will use antifreeze in the radiator to keep it from freezing in the winter, but it also keeps it cool in the summer. So it's real important not to just put water in a cooling system. How often should you have it flushed out? And and probably every three years or something like that. Now, a brand-new car, uh, uh, this stuff is probably really good for about five years. Uh, and after they get some age on them, then we need to start talking about uh, flushing the system out and putting new coolant and things like that. Uh, and Hose, a lot of other hoses things, and belts kind yeah, of thing, too? Sure. And a lot of other things are involved with temperature or tires, uh, very susceptible. Uh, You get out on the interstate and uh, the tire temperature with the friction and the ambient temperature, the tire temperature could get up to 125 degrees or something like this, or even worse, you know, depending on the length of the trip. So you need to make sure you've got good tread on the tires and they're not uh, old and dry rotted. Uh, A lot of people change tires every Six years or so, just because of the age and the condition of them, things like that, instead of the tread depth. Hmm. So, uh, automatic transmissions, another thing we need to be interested in. In other words, uh, can you imagine how hot the transmission fluid gets on a trip or sitting idle in a traffic jam or something like that? So,
0: now you again, how often service. should they have that service? You
3: need to make sure it's done about every sixty thousand or something like that. That's what they recommend. Uh, and if you're towing a lot, you can cut that in half. In other words, probably every couple of years or something like that at the most. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of things we need to consider when you get into the uh, temperature changes like we're fixing to come into. Well,
0: we've talked about this before, but when you do oil changes, you can and kind of check everything else out for people. Check to all fluids, what air else?
3: pressures, brakes. You know, Since you have to
0: else just need. kind of look it
3: over real good. Yeah. That's well, about 35 bucks, so yeah. it's money well spent.
0: Yeah, that's not even the tax on a car payment part. And
3: we use synthetic blend oil. That's the best oil I can buy. So that's what I recommend to put in the majority of these new vehicles. And we, we use it in the older ones, too, if they're not having any problems with oil consumption.
0: I guess all these things, too, plan and getting ready for vacation, if people don't drive anywhere, that's when you, it really is going to show out when you get the road in it.
3: Yeah, I always tell my customers to bring the car by before they go on a trip, and all I want to do is check the air pressure and the fluids. know, we just want to make sure they start out with a chance. <laughs> 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 you know, you start out with two quarts low in oil, you're not going very far.
0: Right. Well, and one of the things I know you've done, you try to help people keep their old cars going mm-hmm. for as long as they can, right? Yeah, if they
3: have any questions, they're more than welcome to give me a call. Uh, I'm here seven to five, five days a week. Uh, against the law to work on Saturday. I don't know if anybody knows that or not. Um, 225-7391. So <laughs> you didn't know it was against the law. You're a
0: seven-day Adventist. I didn't realize. You didn't that. know it was against the law. I didn't realize you were a seven-day Adventist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, it is one of those things where a lot of places, if, they don't want to try to help people get their older cars. They just want to sell them a car. But uh, mm-hmm. Now, you, you've been down here since Fred Flintstone, right? You worked right. on Fred Flintstone's car back in the 60s.
3: 1968. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, uh, next month we'll we'll celebrate our 48th year.
0: Well, somebody asked me the other day if you'd retired. No, That's, you're not planning on retiring, are you? Is no. there some rumor floating around? I'm going to
3: retire when I can't go. Well,
0: I'm going to That's my
3: plan, anyway. All
0: right,
3: but. Uh, I've got employees that've been here uh, 25 years, 20 years, 16 you got, years. You were
0: telling me you got customers for been here 40 years. Haven't? Oh yeah, oh yeah. If I could just remember
3: their names, it'd be wonderful.
0: As long as you remember their car. that's the thing that matters. No, that's well, not.
3: That's not even funny, is
0: it? No, I understand that entirely. Uh, what was your name again? No, um, but if we talk about doing, you know, business with hometown folks and local folks, and y'all have been here a long time and take care of stuff. So, so um, uh, they can look at you on Facebook, look at you online, or they can come by here and they got all your information there. And uh, like I said, call. It's probably good you stay busy. I'm just seeing a whole. Uh, desktop full of work going on right here. To call ahead and let them don't just drop by. Yeah,
3: it's nice to have an appointment. And also, uh, like we mentioned before, Greg, don't uh, be shy to call if you have a question. Right. I, you know, I don't. I can take a few minutes and we can discuss it, and if it'll make you feel better about something.
0: Well, you are the original Ask the mechanic, man. So. All right. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, Greg. Always appreciate Ron uh, chiming in with some things for the car. Uh, I did mention last week we're still working to get uh scheduled together where we can get Amos back on before it gets too far into the spring and summer for planning. So Amos Wells should be here soon. You can ask Amos at AndersonObserver.com with questions, and you can I'll ask the mechanic if you have questions for Ron at the AndersonObserver.com as well. So you can you can ask those questions there. Well this weekend uh the, the two things I noticed that are that are probably uh entertaining a lot of people, market theater down uh, below the art center they're doing a lot of things they've got steel magnolias and i think tickets are ten dollars very affordable so if you're looking for something to do steel magnolias and then it's mayberry days up in westminster if you've never been up there for that it's a lot of fun i've been to mayberry days up in mount airy the andy griffith's hometown that's where it all started and they've sort of spread around the country from that but we've out- been to the one up in in westminster and it's a good time there's impersonators of the different characters from the andy griffith show there's food and and, and music and a lot of other things so You might want to check that out as it starts today, but tomorrow is the main day out there. Well, next week on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, I do have Anderson County Sheriff John Skipper talking about his bid for re-election. Kerry Jones is going to talk to me about how the Main Street Block Party is going so far, plus a lot of other stuff about downtown and just a general chat fest between he and I about how great we think Anderson is and how much we love our hometown. Plus, Sharon Nicomito is going to talk about the new season at the Anderson County Farmer's Market. And, again, this weekend, Saturday, if you're looking for something to do, they've got the spring market out at the farmer's market. So you might want to get out there Saturday morning and see what's coming in and, and what's going on. All that and a whole lot more on the next Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.